Oh, good morning. You know where you are this morning? You're in church. And we're going to start a brand new series this morning that I have been working on for a long time, been wanting to do for a long time, was thinking about this probably close to a year ago. I thought, you know what? I grew up in Sunday school. How many of you went to Sunday school? Look at that. Yeah. And so we don't have Sunday school anymore. We, we have children's ministries. And, and, it, and by the way, while you're in here, your kids are in different areas on our campus, and they are learning the same things that you and I learned in Sunday school. But I just wanted to stop and talk about some of the stories that I learned in Sunday school. And this morning, I, I wanted to start with Samson. I, Samson is one of the, Samson is like the superhero of the Bible. Samson had unbelievable strength. He had God-given strength. And we, I, I grew up, my, my, you know, we were poor when we grew up. And uh, when I, always at Christmas time, wanted, wanted a superhero, you know. So I, I got, uh, uh, when I opened up the present, got the box open, there was nothing in the box. They told me it was the invisible man. We were that we were that poor. Samson is Samson is the guy in the Bible with unbelievable strength. If you know the story of Samson, and by the way, if you what you need to do today, maybe tonight when you get ready to go to sleep, you need to take your Bible, open it up, and read the story of Samson. It's in the book of Judges. It's early on in the Old Testament. You'll get to it pretty quickly. You'll start at Genesis, and you'll go, it won't be far before you'll be in Judges. Chapter 13. I think it's 13, 14, 15, and I think 16. And you will you will read the story of Samson. Here's what I'll tell you about Samson. Samson. Samson did more wrong in his life than he did right. Samson is more known for the things that he did wrong, except for maybe at the very end of his life. But the things that Samson does are absolutely amazing. Samson one time kills 30 guys just like that. He's in this battle and he kills 30 guys. He actually took a full-grown lion and ripped it to pieces with his bare hands. And when you read in those chapters, you'll also read that he came up across and he, he actually killed a thousand men with the jawbone. And I can remember this from Sunday school. In King James Version, it says, with the jawbone of an ass. That's the one thing that I remember about that whole story in Sunday school. The fact that the Bible had the word ass in it and you could say it all you want because you were reading out of the Bible. Uh-huh. The story of Samson, unbelievable story. Now, and when we look at these stories that we're going to look at over the next six weeks, I, I want to make sure that there's something real clear here. We're calling them stories that I learned in Sunday school. But don't let that word stories throw you. Because when we read our Bible, this is God-breathed. 66 books inspired by the Holy Spirit. History, his story recorded for you and for me. And he was intentional about, about what you and I would get to read so that we would know how to live our lives. We have this opportunity to, to learn lessons from some of the lives 
that we're going to read about in the Bible. Oh, there's some lessons that come right out of Samson's life. It's a big deal. And the original manuscripts, see, you and I read our Bible, and we get to chapters, numbers, and, and verses have numbers. The original manuscripts did not have any of that. That was put in there just so you and I could be able to read it and follow it and track it easier. This story of Samson is, is powerful. And yet Samson was dishonest, deceitful. He disrespected his parents like you can't imagine. He, he went with the wrong crowd almost all the time. And then there's the whole story of Samson and Delilah. And he shares his very secrets with her. God sends the angel to talk to Samson's mom before he's even born and tell her about him. And then, and then Samson's dad comes in and the angel tells the both of them who Samson is and why he's here, why God is giving them to him. And yet Samson just makes wrong move after wrong move. And he gets caught up with a prostitute, and then he gets caught up with the Delilah, and then that's after he picks the, his wife at first, and, and it's, it seems like it's just mess after mess, and, and he ends up being captured by the Philistines because he gave up his secret, and they gouge his eyes out. They actually scoop the eyeballs right out of, right out of his head, and they chain him with brass shackles to a mill in a prison, and he spends the rest of his life walking in circles the way an oxen. These things were made for oxen to walk around in a circle, for donkeys to walk in a circle, just grinding mill. They chain Samson to that. He spends the rest of his life doing that. He becomes a slave for the rest of his life. And we think that we think clearly on our own. Samson's a great example of how really we don't think clearly on our own. And frankly, the reason that we're here this morning is, is because we recognize that we don't always think clearly on our own. And we're here so that we can get a fresh perspective and a clear perspective on life. We're here to hear God's word, so we hear it, and, and, and there are things that we hear, and, and, and our response is almost like, you know, I, I didn't think about that before. I didn't think about it like that before. I need to change that area in my life. The, the Bible says in Psalm 119, your word, the writer of Psalms is saying, your word is a lamp to my feet. As I'm walking through life, it's a lamp to my feet. As I walk through life, I can see where I'm going, and it's a light to my path. So I don't see just right in front of me. I, I get a clear picture, and I know where I'm going. Amen. And I can stay on the right path, because every path has a destination. And because we don't see things clearly, we end up in problems. And Samson, with his eyes gouged out. You know what we're going to realize today? Samson was blind before he was blind. He wasn't seeing things clearly, and that's actually the reason that he lost his physical sight, because he was not seeing things clearly. 
One of the things we're going to learn right off the bat from Samson is, number one, when, when, we're, when we can be blind to God's purpose in our lives. When we're not seeing things clearly, we can be blind to the purpose that God has for our lives. We cannot even see it. Samson had a call on his life. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture here in a minute. It's going to show clearly God specifically had a call on Samson's life, and he had supernatural strength. Not only had he had this unbelievable ability to slaughter a whole bunch of men. There's a, in that story that you're going to read maybe tonight when you, when, you, when you just settle in for the rest of the day, or maybe when you get home, I really understand this story of Sam. So much for us to learn just by reading this story. Samson actually, outside the city, Samson actually grabbed the city gates. Now, we're not talking about a couple of little doors here. These were the gates to the city. The Bible says he not only grabbed the gates to the city, but he grabbed the gates to the city with his unbelievable strength, pulled them right up out of the ground, including the posts that they were mounted to. Not only did he do that, but he carried it up a hill. This guy had unbelievable strength. James, do you, do you really believe? Yeah, I do. Because I believe this. As a matter of fact, I believe every bit of it. James, do you really believe that Jonah was swallowed by a big fish? Yeah, I do. And the places in there where you might think, well, maybe that's not a real story. It's just kind of a story. They clearly tell us. Jesus tells us when he tells us parables, he tells us. The scripture tells us that they are parables. There's real clarity in God's word in every direction. In Judges chapter 13, verse 5, look at this. This is where the story starts out for, for Samson's mom and dad. You'll, this is an angel talking to them. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head never is to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite. This was a specific group. There were at least three specific big deals that a Nazarite was supposed to do and not do. A Nazarite was never supposed to have alcohol touch its lips, never to drink wine. If, if, if you're a part of this group, this is one of the three rules. Never to drink wine, never to eat unclean food. And, and Samson is to never have a razor touch his head. And he's dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. He will take the lead. He will begin the process. When you read chapter 13 in Judges, it starts out by saying, once again, the children of Israel displeased God. They do this over and over again. You think you fail and you mess up with God? Let me tell you something. The children of Israel messed up more than you and I could imagine. I can't tell you how many times you, you'll read that. Once again, the children of Israel were out of favor with God. And so what did God do? He just took his hands off. He, he took his hands of blessing away. And, and they became slaves to the Philistines. And now, now God is, is saying to them, I'm, I'm going to give you Samson, and he's going to lead. He's going to lead you out of bondage. 
from the hands of the Philistines. See, God had a calling on Samson's life. But do you know what God's calling included? It included God's blessing and God's direction and God's favor. But Samson wanted to do things his way. God's calling never included Samson's eyes to be gouged out. Never included that. Never included some of the horrible things that he went through. The problem is Samson never saw his calling clearly. This is the big deal this morning. Because I got to tell you, that is my concern for you and for me. My concern would be that you and I never see our calling clearly. God has much of a calling on your life as he does on mine. He has much of a calling on your life as he did on Samson's. God has a plan and a purpose and a will for each one of our lives. We're not talking about this general sort of idea, direction, perspective. We're talking about something that God has for you to accomplish in your life. God wants to do through you for his church, for the world around you, for your family. We think of things here in ministry as little tasks, or I got, I got this, I got to do this task, or, or I got to make sure that so-and-so has this, and, and, and I'm in children's ministry, and I, I got to teach, teach on this Sunday, the second service. We, we think, of, and yet God is using in so many, every, every purpose that he has for our lives. Every task is a ministry. It is so much more than we realize. I, I want to make sure that we don't fall down the same path Samson did and just kind of go in, in life where we think we ought to, but that we understand that our life matters. Your life matters. If we understand that our life matters. You, you know what we will do, people? Number one, we will make better choices. Amen. If, if we understand that God has a calling on our lives, we will make better choices. Proverbs 29. You know, I, I grew up with the King James Version because that's what they used in our church growing up. King James Version says, where there is no vision, the people perish. When people don't recognize that their life matters, they perish. In the NIV, it says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. That's actually a great way to put it. They, they, when people realize, don't realize, when they don't have a revelation, when they don't understand that they were designed by God, created by God, and God has a will for their lives. Then they just live life casting off restraint. In other words, it doesn't really matter if I sin. 
it, it, it doesn't really matter what I spend my money on. It doesn't really matter where I go. It doesn't matter who I marry because we've casted off restraint. But when we understand he is our heavenly father, he willingly gave his son to purchase our redemption. And he's got a plan and a purpose for our lives, and we matter to him. If I don't see God's vision for my life, I'm in danger of settling for something counterfeit. Bill and I got this. You guys don't have to say amen. We got this. We are in danger of embracing something that is counterfeit. You know what a real $100 bill is? You can walk anywhere and spend it. It's good. You take a counterfeit in to most stores, not only do you get nothing, you could get something that you don't want. That's why we offer the journey here. We're gonna, the journey will be coming around again the first of the year. Take the journey. Take four weeks, set them aside, and begin, just begin in those four weeks to get a perspective to get some clarity on what God has for your life, what he wants to do with your life, that you will benefit from not just your entire life, but beyond this world. Baptism happens on the 20th. Maybe that's your next step. Take your next step in your walk with Christ. Second thing I want you to realize is that with clarity... If you don't have it, you can be blind to the importance of relationships. You can be blind to the importance of relationships in your life. If you are in bad relationships, they can have huge impact in your life in a negative way. But if you're in good relationships, they have unbelievable power to take your life in a positive direction. Amen. Judges chapter 14 Oh, I, I want to I pick this up. Samson, by the way, Samson was like a spoiled brat in a lot of words. It says, when he returned, he said to his mother and father, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. Talking to his parents this way, get her for me as my wife. His father and mother replied, isn't there an acceptable woman among our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? Can't you stay in the circle of, of people who believe what we believe? See, this is not, this is not a racial thing. This, this is, is, not, is not that kind of thing. You know what this is? This is the same thing that in the New Testament where you and I read, where God's word tells us, he says, listen, believers, don't be yoked together with non-believers. In other words, don't, don't, don't wrap your life and, and don't wrap yourself in marriage with someone who doesn't believe what you believe. He's saying the same thing here. They're saying, they're challenging Samson with this. Samson's saying, I don't want to follow God. I, I, want, I want the marriage that I want. There is this hot chick that I want. Get her for me, he said. She's the right one for me. Yeah, I'm sure she is. See, this is protective. It's not restrictive. 
When we grow up, we think our parents are being restrictive when they're being protective. When you're young, you, you think differently. And here's what, here's what, when we get older, we realize our parents knew more than we thought they knew. Your friends are, are a big decision, especially when you're young. Samson did not realize that relationships were going to define his life. He'd spend the rest of his life with his relationships defining him. And so will you. And so will I. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Friends are a big deal. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Do not be misled. In other words, don't be deceived. In other words, pay attention that you don't get tricked. I think Paul gives us real clarity here. Bad company corrupts good character. Samson's story shows us the importance that we need to give to relationships. And the third thing is when you and I don't see things clearly, we are blind to the nature of God. We are blind to who God is because we are not thinking about what God wants. We're thinking about what we want. Samson was focused on what he wanted. And Samson had no knack whatsoever in pursuing the kind of women he should have pursued. He was blind to the nature of God. Samson had amazing strength. Samson had supernatural strength given by God himself. And yet he was a liar. He was deceitful. And he kept on sinning. He kept on making the same mistakes over and over again. Bible scholars all pretty much agree on his whole timeline. Some Bible scholars think that that last part of his life, that he was chained to a mill, was a lot longer than people realize. He was blind to the nature of God. What's the nature of God? He's a good God. He's a faithful God. He's a loving God. He's an amazing God. In the words of that great theologian, Bob Dylan, you got to serve somebody. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but you got to serve somebody. Delilah deceives Samson. It's incredible as I read the story. She deceives him. The, the Philistines actually pay her in silver to trick him. And he, he doesn't, he's just following this skirt. He doesn't give, he doesn't know what's going on around him. Samson, tell me, tell me, she says, what, what, what makes you so strong? What is the secret to your strength? And, and Samson says, well, if you, if, you get, if, you get, if you get seven strings from a bow and you tie me up, he says, that, that, I want that, that'll do it. 
And the Bible tells the whole story. And so what she does is she gives Samson some nooky-nooky, and then she's got him asleep on his lap. And then, then, and then Samson's in this place, and he, he falls asleep, and she ties him up with these seven strings. And then she calls the Philistine soldiers in, and she says, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And what does he do? He gets up, and he breaks the strings right off, and, and, he, and he's, in, he's winning again. Samson, you lied to me. If you loved me, you would. He says, well, if, if, the, if you use seven strings that are all brand new and time you have them within the same, we're talking, we're probably not talking all on the same day here, right? So, so this whole process happens again, and, and, and she's got him asleep on her lap, and then she, she, she ties him up with these brand new strings, these seven chords, and, and then she says, she calls the Philistine army back in, the soldiers back in. Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And what does he do? He breaks it all right off. Like, like the, it's like they were little threads. They didn't even matter. And now she's just so embarrassed and distraught. Samson, you, you really don't love me. So he proceeds to tell her, well, if you take my hair and you, you, you tie it up with, 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 these other, with, with this cloth and these fabrics and you put it and you pin it up in my name, he tells her this whole thing. And the same thing happens again. Then she calls the soldiers in and they come and she says, Samson, the Philistines be upon you. And sure enough, he gets up and he breaks it all apart. Now she's at the place. And if you read the story in the Bible, it says she, it uses the word nag. Just saying, it actually uses the word, ladies. She nags him and nags him and nags him and nags him and nags him. And then she says, I don't know if you've ever heard these words before. If you really loved me. And he shares his secret with her. If you cut my hair off, my strength will be gone. And then in verse 5, after putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave the seven braids off his hair and so began to subdue, subdue him. And his strength left him. He took God for granted. He thought, well, God will forgive me again. It's, it's just one more time. And then it goes on to say, then the Philistines seized him. They gouged out his eyes. They took him down to Gaza, and they bound him with bronze shackles to a grinding mill in a prison. And he spent the rest of his life walking in a circle like an animal and a grinding mill. Let me tell you something. That was not God's plan and God's will for his life. When you and I walk off of the path that has God's will and God's plan and God's purpose for our life, we are on another path that has another destination, that has other consequences. And we live so often, some of us can look back and we know this in our lives, we live in the consequences of some of our decisions. Here, what, what do we believe at Camelback? We believe that God is a good God. 
We believe that God is our friend. We believe that God is forgiving. And we believe that God is to be treated with respect. Over and over again, the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord. What is that? What, what is that? Am, am I constantly afraid of God? No, it's a, it's a healthy respect. Genesis chapter 6, the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. I'm, I'm not going to keep, if you're, if you're dead set on going in a direction, I, I'm, I'm just, some, there comes a point that God takes his hand off and said, listen, if you're going to go where you're going to go, you have free will. You can go anywhere. You, you can do anything you want to do. Fear the Lord, it tells us. Have a health. Chris Hodges puts it this way. Look what Chris says. When I understand what it means to fear God, I can live fearlessly because he is my savior. He's my God. He's my rock. I trust him. I don't trust me. I trust him. After the whole thing would be said and done, what, what would Samson say to you and I? I'll give you three things real quickly. Samson would look you square in the face, and he'd say, grow in your relationship with God. Samson would say, I didn't do it, and I wasted my life. He would say, grow in your relationship with God. Do whatever it takes to grow in your relationship with God. You know, God loves it when we obey him. You know, you know what obeying him means? It's, it simply means recognizing that he's God, first of all. Nothing he doesn't know. He gives us that instruction in his word. Amen. Obeying it simply means we recognize it, we believe it, and then we do it. And then what do we do? We live in the benefit of what we know God says. Samson walked his whole life following his eyes and crashed over and over and over again. You know, so often we want God has to offer, but we don't want to do what God asks us to do. And we wonder why we end up where we end up. Bill and I got this, guys. You don't have to say Amen. You know, some of us will walk through a day or even a week and not spend time to pray or not, not even open up God's word or don't even think about serving. Or Samson would encourage you, number two, to choose your relationships carefully. Choose your relationships carefully. You know what that means? That means you pick them. Don't let them pick you. You pick them. There, there's, some of us need to develop some better relationships. Some of us need to get rid of some bad relationships. Some of us need to get rid of some bad habits in our life. We all know this. I, we, every one of us, there are, things that we, there are things in our lives we know that we need to get rid of. If you're trying to lose weight, you don't stop at Dunkin' Donuts in the morning on the way to work. And, you know, this one lady said, Lord, I'm, I'm not gonna, I am not going to stop in Dunkin' Donuts unless... I'll know it's from you unless there's a parking spot right in front of Dunkin' Donuts. She came home that night with a box of a dozen donuts. She said to her husband, 
The fourth time I drove around the parking lot, there was a spot right there in front of Dunkin' Dunk. There are some relationships that we need to nurture in our lives. There are some really good relationships, important relationships that we need to nurture. There are broken, in some of our lives, there are broken relationships that we need to restore. We need to just get rid of some harmful relationships. Some of us need to begin some meaningful relationships. Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Is Samson an illustration for this or what? A companion of fools suffers harm. Samson would also look you right in the eye and say failure is never final. Some of us this morning, we, we've, we've failed in our lives. We've failed in a given area. Maybe in our finances, in business, in our, maybe our marriage failed. Maybe all of those failed. Samson would say failure is never final. And take it from a guy who ended his life up in shackles, walking in circles, just like an animal should have been doing. But you know what? Samson finished well. Because we have a God of second chance. Some of us are living our second chance. Many of us are living our third, fourth, fifth, or who Maybe you have a dozen. But we're living it. Samson, moral failure after moral failure after moral failure. But in Judges 16, verse 28, Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just one more time. You know what happened at the end of Samson's life? The Philistines were having a huge party. They were celebrating. They, they were just ecstatic. All the years they've had Samson chained to this thing going in a circle. They had a party, had it in their temple, over 3,000 people in there. And they wanted Samson brought in and put up on stage so that they could just be entertained by the fact that they had him in bondage. And Samson said to the servant who brought him into the, into the room, he says, place me, place me, place me right between the main columns so that I can feel them, so that I know where I am. Just place me right there. And the servant brought him up there, placed him there. And Samson, once again, God answers this prayer. And Samson's strength is back. And the two main columns that hold the entire place up. He's able to shove them. The entire place comes down. Over 3,000 people, 3,000 Philistines are killed. The Bible actually says in his death, and with that act, he killed more Philistines than in his entire life put together. Samson would say failure is never final. Failure is only final when you refuse to get back up. And you might say, James, I've messed up so much, there isn't a chance that God would have me. <laughs> you don't know our God. 
Our God is a loving, caring, forgiving. Lord, how many times should we forgive him? And Jesus' response is, not just seven, but 70 times seven. Stand with me this morning. This loving, caring God. In Samson's life, I'm telling you, if you, want, if you want to look for a way not to do it, look at Samson's life. And yet through all of that, God still accomplished all the things that he wanted to accomplish through Samson's life. The problem is Samson had a lot of pain and sorrow and horror in his life that was never a part of God's plan. As you and I walk away from looking at Samson's life this morning, let's make sure that the main thing that we recognize is God has a plan and a purpose, listen, for each one of our lives. And it doesn't include some of the horrible things that we end up going through when we step away from his plan and from his will in our lives. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you so much this morning. God, as we walk away from this morning, understanding that every single one of us is a specific workpiece created by your hands personally, and that we were created in your image for your purpose. May we recognize that. May, Lord, I pray that through your Holy Spirit, you will give that clarity in our lives. And when we understand that and when we embrace that, the decisions that we make, the very thought process that we allow through our thinking will be so different. Do it, we ask. In your name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen.